We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the 4th of July, Pack-A-Day Podcast Edition. It's a good, good day to be a Packers fan. I am Steve Perhatch, joined by Dusty Evely, Sarah, Sarah Kelleher. What's going on, guys? Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th Happy of July. Uh, does anybody have, like, fireworks going on in the back? Because technically yeah. it is July 3rd, but, you know, we're all excited anyway. I've absolutely heard explosions outside. Okay. Do, do we have crying babies? Like I, I know my dog is freaking out. Yeah. My baby is crying. I think it's unrelated. Uh, thankfully, my dog, my dog's like 15 years old at this point, and I and deaf. Uh, she used to freak out, and now she can't hear it, and she just sleeps in blissful ignorance. And it's uh, you know, bad for her because she's deaf, but also kind of amazing because she's not ripping up the house. So that does help. That yeah. does help. Well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm coming back from a Fourth of July celebration, so you know festival. It's got all the carnies, uh, good times. You know, had a couple uh, nice tacos and everything like that for Fourth of July. Sure, of course, of course. I do want to. This is something we did not talk about because I want to see. I want to get your organic reaction. Do you guys have any good stories about carnies? Because I've got one from my past. Is always makes everybody laugh so i I always want to share it whenever possible and talk about carnies do you know i don't have any carny stories really you're from you're in kentucky like how do you not have any carny stories i mean you know some of my best friends are carny steve (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. I'm don't so know. disappointed. Dustin, like the, when I think I of it, you're in Kentucky. Like, when I think of Carney, like the only thing I can ground. all I can think of for Carney breeding ground. That's offensive. <laughs> I feel like that's offensive. Uh, all I can think of is um, how Rob Zombie was like raised by Carneys, and he just talks about it in every interview. So that's all. When I think of Carneys, that's all I can oh, think yeah. of. I have zero Carney stories, Steve. <sighs> Sarah, nothing. No, besides, like, just, like, the general, like, typical Carney story, I don't think I have one that, like, stands out really a lot compared to others. All right. Well, this was back in my college days, but I worked for a pressure washing company, and so we would always go to the Wisconsin State Fair, and we would, you know, get paid to pressure wash all the the rides at night and things like that, and so we were uh, pressure washing one of the, uh, like, haunted houses or whatever, so it's like one in the morning. I've been pressure washing things for a couple hours, like kind of going bat, bat as crazy after, you know, I'm up at one, two, three in the morning doing this stuff and we're pressure washing. And all of a sudden this guy comes running out of this haunted house in like his underwear and like a cut off <laughs> sleeves and like screaming, just screaming at us. And I can barely hear him. He's got a couple of teeth. He's like, ah, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, we're washing this. What are you doing? He's like, I'm sleeping in there. Like, <laughs> that was, that was uh, I think that was my uncle, Steve. That was my uncle. <laughs> I mean, you're from Kentucky, so I assume yeah. you had to know him. I right? need to know if people actually believe that Kentucky is our breeding ground for carnies. I've never heard that before, and I can't tell Ooh. if you're joking. That feels like a poll question. Can't that does feel like a poll question? I I think that's a good one. I'm legitimately curious about this. Well, we are. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're kind of we're right there. We're uh, we got literally nothing going on right now. I mean, there is <laughs> no, zero. There is no Packers news. Like we are actually going to be talking about a little Bears comments because we have no uh, Packers news right now. I but, read I read the fourth article I've seen so far this year about how Lafleur and Rogers are trying to get their uh, trying to work through their. Uh, their article oh, I also, thing. I, yeah, uh, there's true. nothing new, no new information in that article, but I it's like that, the fourth that, I, one I've read. I did read the first time that they hung out was watching March Madness. Yes. So that's a yeah. breaking news yeah. story that we really thank, need to dissect. Thank God I read that today. Riveting journalism. Like, I know that it's, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like we all just crave Packers information and it just sucks that we, we, even though it's like we have nothing that these people are giving us, we still have to read it because oh, yeah. I like we yeah we both read it. Because it's like, something, oh, yeah, something. it's something. Thought maybe there was something new in that. There was not. There, was but not. I do have to thank Eddie Jackson of the Bears because he gave us at least a little bit of content to make fun of. Because Eddie Jackson came out and said, "We want to top everything that the '85 Bears did." I mean, <sighs> everything. Keyword: everything. everything. It's just. I mean, I lived in Chicago for six years, and those dudes are gods. They are all gods in that city. Like, they can do nothing wrong. I don't think I've ever seen them pay for a drink. I've seen them sign inappropriate parts of women's bodies. It's, I mean, it's insane what those guys are held up to and the fact that he thinks that they could. But, I mean, their defense was amazing. Yeah, an all-timer. All-timer. And the fact that they think that they – they had an unbelievably healthy season. Mm-hmm. They lost a few guys and did not upgrade. They and their defensive coordinator lost. That's a big one. I mean, they grant the granted they got another one. They got another very good defensive coordinator, but they lost the guy that kind of made it all go for them. That's huge. exactly. 
Yeah, they lost him. So and they and they just think it's just gonna ha ha Clinton Dix is gonna fix it all and they're gonna be even better. <laughs> So excited about that. Keep forgetting that that is an actual real thing that happened and not just something I had a nightmare about. He's better than Adrian Amos. You guys didn't know? He's better than Adrian Amos. For sure. For sure. Yeah, the Packers really lost in that. I just can't believe it. No, so I mean, I I saw that. I just started laughing. I'm sure it's, it's just ridiculous. It's just really funny because someone could have like showed me that. And just been like, who said this? And you just know it's Bears content. When you see something that like dumb, you're just like, it has to be them. <laughs> There's no other team that this could apply to except like maybe the Jets, Giants, somewhere in that. I feel like the Bears are sometimes the New York Knicks of football. Ooh. Like you just really want them. To- well, the, pro- the only problem with that analogy is that the Bears went 12 and 4. That's the Knicks, true. When's the last time the Knicks had a winning season? No, no the Knicks won about... 12 games last year, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about with, like, the expectations. Like, there's always really high expectations for kind of no reason. And then it's just a letdown. I can see, you know, yeah, exactly for the Knicks. Like, everybody thinks that, oh, it's the Knicks that all the, the free agents are going to want to go. Like, yeah, nobody cares anymore. Like, they don't care that, that they used to be a good franchise. No. Nobody wants to go there anymore. No. So, yeah, I, I actually, okay, I, I can see that aspect of it. But, and then to coincide with that, we have now found out that in Vegas, the number one most bet NFL MVP bet right now is Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Holy crap! Like, I mean, it's because he can chug a beer really well. That's what it is. There's no other explanation. He looks like he, yeah, he chugged I mean, it out of a can too. So you don't that's, even know. Yeah, how that's to do the. It. I was gonna say I couldn't remember which he one he was, he but was, he, he was, was the one. Can. Yeah, it was in he a was can. The can. Yeah. Stafford yep. was legit. Sta- I'll go to bat for Stafford's because Stafford's was great. Brady's was actually well. Brady chugged water, didn't he? Screw that guy. I don't know. He's like 47. Who cares? Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. But the, the, so to clarify, it's not because Mitchell Trubisky is the odds-on favorite mm-hmm. to win the NFL MVP, but his odds, I believe, are sixty-six to one. So people are thinking that's a favorable bet. So all the stupid Bears fans out there, yeah, if you're listening, you are stupid for being a Bears fan. You're all <laughs> wasting your money. I mean, I think that, that kind of wraps up all the Bears talk. I think, I, right? I, there is one other Packers thing. I totally forgot about this. Um, oh. It was on Wildey and Tausch this morning. Um, I don't know if you, you saw this or not. They had David Bakhtiari on. And uh, they questioned. It's hard to tell. You never know if Bakhtiari is serious or not. Um, they <laughs> asked him uh, if LaFleur's offense will allow for passes to offensive linemen. And Bakhtiari said it will. Oh, I did see something. Which, like he said he wants to catch a touchdown pass. He, I think he said he would love to catch one, and he he, he said he'd be more excited if Bulaga caught one. Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah, just oh, just man. just to throw that out there, uh, Twitter would freak out if Bulaga I just need one. him to score a touchdown and then pretend like he's like smashing a beer on his forehead well, that, and chugging <laughs> it as like his celebration. Oh yeah, a chug of the football and smash on the head. That's yeah. one of the other things he talked about Ooh. in that as well was he talked about how like there's now a pressure where anytime he is like someone people, someone wants him to chug a beer and he feels like he has to do it. So I don't know if he just like carries beers around with him 
everywhere or what. He's now talking about the pressure of beer drinking. Uh, he's a famous person. They just provide the beer for him. Yeah. I, I, uh, David Bakhtiari, he might have a holster of beers. I don't know. I That's wouldn't true. Put I mean, you could definitely there. see him with a Batman-style like belt. Yes. Spotted cows like just at his, his disposal. Yeah. I, I mean, no, he has like the yeah. hat that has the beers in it. But there's like the eight straw. of them? Just yeah. All of, yes. Yes. <laughs> Two six-packs on each side, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, that's our Packers news again. Okay, there you go. I think everybody's covered. So we are going to jump in. We've got we've been tasked with talking about the top ten non-edge linebackers. I think that's the right terminology, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, cover it. Yeah, we'll yeah, go with that. Covered edge. What yesterday or a couple days ago? Yeah. Tremendous yeah, so, job doing that. They did a tremendous job. So, yeah, non-edge linebackers that the Packers will face this season. We've got pretty consensus. I think we've argued a little bit, but, you know. I said, I said I'd fight you over one. I think that's yeah. about as contentious as we got. I said I would fight you over the problem, one. The problem with inside linebackers is it's just not sexy. Like, it's not exciting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of boring. Like, we... Like if you start looking at the stats, most of these guys are all kind of pretty similar. Of one hundred ish tackles, two sacks, one interception. Like they're all kind of lumped in together. So you you kind of had to go through some of it. But we're going to give you the top ten that we kind of put together. We'll have some honorable mentions at the end of guys we thought were pretty close. But yeah, we're just going to start with number ten. So at number ten. We have Darren Lee of the Kansas City Chiefs. Traded from traded from the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. After uh like pretty much right away after um what the who's the coach out there? Oh, Kansas the guy with the, the big eyes, right? Adam Adam Gates. Gates. After yes, he, thank yes. you, Sarah. As soon as soon as <laughs> yeah, great clue. I love that. That's awesome. As soon as yeah, you said big eyes, Adam Gates right away. As soon as Adam Gase got the GM responsibilities, hey, Darren Lee, we're going to trade you for nothing. So ship out a former second-round pick. I think they got a sixth back for him. But, I mean, I love his I, I love big Darren thing. I, yeah, I, as soon as I heard he got traded, actually I was really hoping he went to the Packers. Yes. Because loved, loved the speed. I thought he would have been really complimentary to Blake Martinez as more of the coverage middle linebacker as well, kind of mixing and matching those two. But, he, the dude is just a blur all over the field, and he's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's only, still only he's 24 years old. I mean, just absolute freak athlete. He's kind of one of those guys you keep waiting for him to put everything together because uh, he's still – I mean, he came out and that was a thing, like rangy, like elite athlete, mm-hmm. will likely be good in coverage, but he's not um, He's not a big guy, so kind of struggle on the run game yeah. a little bit. And that's kind of what he's been. Like, he's tremendous, uh, tremendous in coverage. Like, his instincts, uh, his speed, he can kind of recover very, very well. But I saw, like, I was kind of watching quite a bit of him, of what he was doing last year. Like, he improved quite a bit in the run game, I think. Like, I don't think he's just due to his size. I don't think he's ever going to be, like, an amazing run defender. But he's no slouch there. Like, for what he can do in the passing game, out with you, Steve, as soon as I heard he was on the block, it's like, oh, Packers, go get him. Packers, yeah. go get him. Uh, Especially when I heard he went for a sixth. I was like, oh. Yeah, because yeah, you don't know what it, I mean, I'm not, you know, Blake Martinez is is fine. I like Blake Martinez. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of him. I'm hoping Oren Burks pans into something, but you're, you're not 100% sure. But you know what you have in Lee. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Lee. I, I, I kind of – I think I had him higher on my list, and then we kind of bumped him down to 10 here. But he absolutely belongs in that top 10. He's just tremendous. 
Yeah, and I think he's only going to improve being on an overall better team in the Chiefs. And, I mean, he's really – you guys pretty much covered it already, but he's also very consistent in everything that I – watched of him and read about him he's I mean he starts every game for the last few seasons he's really been able to be a consistent threat there and someone that they can consistently rely on so I think that's goes to show a lot especially at the linebacker position you know you see a lot of times guys will do really well for like a brief period of time and then they kind of disappear and you're like where did they go what have they done and so something that kind of stood out to me besides the things that you guys have already covered is his consistency and his ability to do that. And he's only 24 years old. So it's only up for here from here for him, I think as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it, you got to credit the Kansas city chiefs because they saw their middle linebacker core as a weakness went out and traded for him. They went out and traded for Reggie Ragland. Like they make a, a good pairing together. Like, Actually, like, it's reminiscent of the Packers. It's kind of, you know, Raglan does that run stuffing, that, you know, making those tackles um, in, like, you know, if they've got eight people, like, all committed to the run, he's there making those kind of tackles. So he was uh, he was close to an honorable mention for me. Moving on, we've got number nine, the linebacker from the Denver Broncos, Todd Davis. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about Todd Davis. I had to do some research. I did mm-hmm. some stats. Um, and He's slow. Is that you, Steve? <laughs> oh, that's me. That's that totally my daughter knocking. So why don't you guys talk about Todd Davis <laughs> while I go deal with this? <laughs> he's uh, Todd Davis is slow, man. Like, yeah. Like he's been in the league five years. I always hate using 40 time um, when a guy's been in the league that long. Uh, but they only t- you know, tend to get slower as they go on. He ran like a four eight seven forty, uh, which is not good. And he's got short arms, so like he's good against the run. But then even then, he has a hard time kind of shedding blocks uh, just because he, yeah. has, he has short arms and he's not great in coverage. The one thing that I read, I didn't watch a ton. I watched some stuff and I, I was reading quite a bit. He seems to be better in uh, uh, zone blocking against zone blocking schemes, uh, just the way the blocking tends to work in those than anything else so which means he could have a decent day against the run against the packers and he's i mean he's a good he is a good run guy but i just don't think he's very good overall i think he's fine i think he's fine he just has a lot of uh, kind of downsides to his game i think is that kind of what you saw sarah as well yeah i mean he on paper he's okay he had 80 tackles 34 assists last season but i did kind of see the same things as you especially with the speed that's obviously something if you want to be an elite linebacker at the level that he's playing at, you kind of need to be quick off your feet. So that's something that's definitely an issue when I see him, but I know that he still, he still has a chance to get the trouble as well. Yeah. Steve, do you have any Todd Davis thoughts now that you're back? He looks really good in orange and blue. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, honestly, it's just tough. These guys, you can all lump these together. And we, we were kind of struggling, especially, you know, number eight, we've got Mason Foster. And so that's kind of. This is for all you guys. Don't have multiple children. Don't have multiple children. This is all what happens. You guys talk about Mason Foster. I'm going to go kill people. So I'll be right back. All right. Yeah. All right. So I, 
at eight, Mason Foster, 30 years old, eight years in the league. Seems fine. I don't know. I'm not a huge Mason Foster guy. Like, he seems, like, relatively inconsistent against both the pass and the run. And he's also 30 mm-hmm. years old. So he basically is what yeah. he is. He's kind of on the downside. He's not – I mean, it's like like a lot of these inside linebackers that you see. Like, he seems solid if inconsistent and not really spectacular. And also 30 years old. Yeah, I didn't even – I did not have him on my top 10, like, my own list before we yeah. kind of came up with a collective one. He was kind of right outside for me. And age being one of the reasons for that, I think there's certain positions that you can play at, at older age and still be at a high level. But linebacker is pretty difficult to do that. So that was kind of a red flag, I would say, for me. And, yeah, I wasn't particularly – like wowed by anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and actually Steve, Steve, since Steve is back, maybe now he is, I don't know. I'm officially back. You're officially back. I saw um, my wife handling both children. So good. All right. Well, we, I mean, neither me or Sarah are necessarily high on, uh, on old, what's his face here on Mason Foster. So why don't you tell us, uh, why don't you tell us why you like Mason Foster so much, Steve? I'm sorry. Wait, you guys both weren't high on Mason Foster? I don't think he made either of our preliminary lists, no. He did not. Okay, so can you tell me why? Like, is there anything that you had in general? Like, he's a pretty legit tackling machine. I don't care about tackles. I don't care about tackles. I don't care about tackles at all. you You don't care about securing, like, tackles... As I don't, a middle linebacker. I don't care about the tackle statistic. In general, I do. Do you know why I don't care about the tackle statistic, Steve? It's because no, AJ, I don't. It's because AJ Hawk led the team in tackles for years, and AJ Hawk was not very good. If you look at where those tackles were made, it doesn't matter that he made them. It's a matter of where they were and kind of the path he took to get them. I don't trust the tackle. I don't care about the tackle statistic. Like not even a little bit. It does not move the needle for me. I do not care. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm living more of the fantasy football world a little bit. I mean, I do a lot of the individual defense player stuff, but I mean, the guy went from, ever, like, in 2017, he went from 31 tackles, and then the next year he bumped up to 131. So, I mean, he's he's has a nose for being around the play. He's solid at, at wrapping people up, and, I mean, this list isn't great because there's not a, a lot of people there. So I'm wild about him, but I think he deserves to be on a list. I don't. I don't, but that's fine that you feel that way. Because I don't feel strongly about most of you these guys. You were the one who made the GD list, Dusty. Like, yeah, I was given, con- I was given concessions yeah. with you. on it. I would have had Thomas Davis here, and he's an honorable mention for me. Mason Foster He's like 7,000 years old. Yeah, Mason Foster is also yeah, like... So Mason is Mason Foster. Foster. Mason Foster is 30 years old. Mason Foster is 30 years old. How old is Thomas Davis? I don't know, 80? It doesn't matter, though, because Thomas <laughs> Davis is still good. Let's see how old he is. I'm looking it up. Mm-hmm. I want to say... He's been in the league, I think, 13 or 14 years. I'm going to say Thomas Davis is 36. He's 36. Doing a dance for you guys. I've seen, I'm doing I've, a dance. If, if you, if, I, that's really good. I'm glad you guessed his age. <laughs> yeah. But if you have give me the choice, you tell me I have a 36 year old Thomas Davis or I get a 30 year old Mason Foster. 
I don't think that's very difficult to make to decision to make. If you're looking at ages, that's true. But there are players attached to those ages, and Thomas Davis is way better than Mason Foster is. Way better. Not at 36. Way better. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he is. Thomas Davis is better at 36 than Mason Foster is at 30. You're the one in in control of this list, and you didn't even put him on here. I'm making concessions, man. I had to bump some uh, people around. Okay. You were well, you were hot. You were way higher on him. Then I then like I didn't have him anywhere close to my list, and so I kind of moved him up because you had him so high. I was, I was moving him around. Okay, well that gets us to number seven, Danny Trevathan, which I yeah. did not have on my list. Me either. Because he oh okay because he sucks and he hit Devontae Adams square in the head right when he didn't need to. So I don't want a dirty player on this list because he's a schmuck. But Dusty, go ahead explain hey, why he should be on. The well, list. Sarah, why didn't you have him on? Is it for that same reason? Yeah, I was kind of petty about it. Oh, you guys are both like he's so good. <laughs> he's still so good. You know, he's another guy. He's pushing. You know, he's pushing thirty. He's twenty nine. He's so good. Like he's great against coverage. Like when he was when he went to free agency and the Bears got him, I wanted the Packers to get him because he's like just tremendous against the pass. Great against the run. Great instincts. Good speed. Like can recover. Can fight through tackles. Very very smart. He does everything very, very well. Like, just does everything well. And in, in, in uh, Chicago, he's he's very good for that scheme. But he's a guy that can do great things anywhere he goes just because of his skill set, uh, his instincts. He's one of those guys, once he kind of loses a step, I think he's still going to be good just because his instincts are so, so good. And he just sees everything so well. Um, and he had, um, you know, listen, that play against Devontae was awful. Like, like, one of the worst hits I've seen in a while. That was, like, the play's over and he hits him in the face. That was terrible. He's a UK guy. I've been watching him since college. He does not have a history of dirty hits. I'm not going to kill a guy for one dirty hit over, I don't know, what, 10, 11 years? That's not, that's not a great hit. I don't think it makes him a dirty player. Uh, and I realize people will probably not like me for that. That's fine. People don't like me anyway. Um, okay, yeah, number I don't one, know. He's great. He's just one, very one, good at everything. He's very good at true. everything. People, people love you, and you know mm-hmm. that. So don't do not do this whole, like, oh, nobody likes me. People got, I said Devontae <laughs> no, Adams no. wasn't top five again today, and people got mad about it. Well, that's because that's stupid. It's not. When you it's have, not, but I don't want to get into it here. No, no. The problem is, is you say Devontae Adams isn't a top five receiver, and then you go and defend the dude that smacked him in the mouth. Well, because it's about play. Like it's I, like if you're looking at this, like if you're looking at like a list and you're trying to make this stuff right, looking at skill, you're looking at what they bring a team, right? Like the, the fact that he hit Devontae, that sucks. That's awful, man. He he should not have done that. That's bad. Not bad, Danny Trevathan. He's still a very, very, very good player. And we, I don't have, we don't have Perfect on this list. I nixed Perfect because Perfect is garbage. Like, oh, he yeah. got to a point where, like, what he <laughs> – the terrible things he d- he does does not outweigh his play because he simply isn't good anymore. Danny Trevathan had one bad play a few years back, but he's still, like, very, very good. He's still a very good player. I like Danny Trevathan. His face – I don't know if his face is kind of fat. He's kind of got, like, a baby face. For like, like he's a very good player, and he you know he looks the part, but his face is too fat for his body. If you're gonna, if there's a knock, that's the knock that's you're gonna get. Criti- that's the critique. That's the critique I have on Pedro. Yeah, fat face. <laughs> it's kind of chubby. It's kind of like a baby. <laughs> okay, so a little lebitard aspect to him. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> So I know I was higher on this guy than you guys were, but uh, Fred Warner, the middle linebacker for the 49ers, and 
I mean, I know after his rookie year, I don't know. I just, for me, like I kind of, I looked at the list and I saw kind of what we did the last time when we went at, we, when we went for wide receivers as ascending players. And I wanted to get those guys in the list. I don't know. That's kind of where I, why I had him there. And as a rookie, he played in 16 games. He had a buttload of tackles. He had some sacks. He had an interception. Like, and if you watch a little bit of film, like he's kind of he's a little bit quicker. He he only weighs two thirty six, but he's six three. I don't know. I, I from the the stuff that I watched, I liked the flashes of him, and I thought he had a, a lot of room to grow. And I liked what I saw, so that's kind of why I was higher on him. I know you guys weren't as high on him, but I'd love to just, uh, hear what you were thinking. I don't. I don't hate the spot. I had him slightly on the outside looking in, simply because I mean you're right, Steve. I mean there were he showed those flashes, uh, he looked really really good when he showed those flashes. But he still he's got one year in the league and he just seems a little raw. Like having him at six, I think feels maybe like a year too early. I want to see what he does this year. Yeah. Like he showed promise. Uh, he struggled against the run. He showed promise in coverage. I, I think. Um, and like you said, he's got that. He's got that speed. He's got that kind of quick titch. Quick. Which, uh, so I think I think he he shows a lot of promise, and I think this year he will be fine. And I wouldn't it's one of those guys I wouldn't be shocked to see him take off in year three. It feels a year too early based on like the inconsistencies uh, from last year. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I don't hate having him here at six because he could have a good year this year. He did show those flashes. Exactly. It just wasn't nearly as as consistent enough for me to kind of have him this high. But I like that you're excited about him. Yeah, and I, I kind of had him on the outside looking in as well, and simply, again, for the reason that I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen with him this year. I think there was promise for sure, but it was just – there wasn't enough like proof for me to say, okay, I want to cement him at this point on the list above these other players just simply because I didn't know yet. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean – I think one of the reasons I was watching some of his film and then I got I got kind of excited. Like, it's the 49ers, and I know it's not the Packers, but the fact that they signed Quan Alexander to be the weak side linebacker and keep him in the middle, like, that legit, I was kind of like, oh, man. Like, if Quan Alexander stays healthy, this kid could just eat in the middle and be really, really good. So that's kind of where my – I think my jump from where you guys were was I just kind of was looking at that and it all – in my head, you know, it's like Madden style in my head. of like, oh, that could be awesome. <laughs> I'm sure there are times when it, when it will be. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, it's year two, so there will definitely be struggles as well. So it will be interesting to see. Number five, we went with Jalen Smith of the Cowboys. Looking good. He's pairing up with Leighton Vander Ash. He's pairing up with Sean Lee, and they make an unbelievably talented linebacking core. I mean, we've been we kind of been waiting for Jalen Smith to come back from that injury he mm-hmm. suffered in the championship game with the with Notre Dame, and I feel like this last half of the season he kind of got that speed back that he had. Like that was what he was known for. You know, he was all over the field. And he finally felt like, you know, they invested uh, – was it a second-round pick in him? Uh, he ended up going second round, yeah. Second-round pick in him. And you, you knew that first year was just going to be a rehab year. And, mm-hmm. you know, he came back and was a little bit slower, wasn't making the plays right away. But, man, that, that tandem that they have of Vander Esch and Smith, like they they fly. And 
he just makes impact plays all over the field. And I was kind of hoping that he fell again, you know, Packer related, hoping he fell to the third round where the Packers had had an extra third round pick that year and hoping that he could get some, get some business there. But um, he's just a talented, talented dude. Yeah, I definitely think the Cowboys have a super strong linebackers group. I know we have someone else on our list that we are going to talk about here again shortly. And that's just, it's a huge threat um, for them. And I think he absolutely would have gone higher if there wasn't the injury at the end of his college career. And he's just so athletic. He's a great size. And I just have so much respect as well for him as a player that he's got, he went through an injury like that and came back and, you know, and like you said, he was a little slow at first and maybe not himself, but he's really been able to come back at an elite level and prove himself and to go through an injury that's that tough and that devastating and still be able to come back and make as big as an impact as he is, is impressive in itself. So that was something that stood out. He's obviously willing to work and willing to take the hard road if he needs to. And that always goes a long way as well. Yeah. I mean, I I just kind of echo what you guys said. I mean, that, that injury and that his last college game, he was a guy that was kind of talked about as, you know, potential top 10 pick. I mean, he had that kind of yeah. talent and then he tore up his knee. It was uh, ACL and MCL, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. Um, it was yeah. ACL and LCL. Is what oh, was it? it? Was, I okay. At. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not great. And so the fact that he went to the second round, I mean, the Cowboys were obviously willing to wait. I think he played six games that first year. And you're right, Steve. I mean, it seems like, uh, would they say, like, usually when you tear your ACL, I know a lot of uh, kind of people who have torn have said the same thing. It's you know, roughly a year of rehab, and I think that's been shortened now uh, to where physically you can get back, but it's almost a year mentally uh, kind of after you get back on the field to kind of get that to where you trust it again, uh, to where you're not seeing, you know, ghosts at your feet every time you take a step yeah. that it's going to happen again. And so you're right, Steve. I mean, I think he started I think he started off well. Um, I kind of liked what he did early in the season, and as it took off, you could kind of see him regain that footing. He was that guy who was kind of that top 10 talent uh, that that people were kind of talking about. So watching him fly around the field, I mean, you know, great and great in coverage, great against the run, like great range, great instincts. That that, yeah, I mean, you said at the top, Steve, that tandem of of him and Van Der Esch and even like, I mean, I don't think Sean Lee didn't look great last season. I think those injuries are finally starting to take their toll a little bit. Uh, but if if Lee is your number three, that's and that, that that's experience tremendous. that he has to mm-hmm. to be able to teach those two as well is just huge. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I love, I, I, I love, I love what Jalen Smith is doing. He's able to come back and kind of do this. I, I'm not excited to see him, but I love watching him play. Like, and I love, and after that knee injury where it's kind of that last game of the college career, like crap, man, like you yeah. don't know exactly. I mean, the word medicine we're being and rehab being where it is, like a lot of people do come back from that fully, but you're never hundred percent sure. And then you make in that transition from college to the pros. So kind of seeing what he did last year um, just made me kind of happy to watch him, watch him play at a high level. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing too is he has gotten to NFL speed. Like yes. that's that's the biggest thing is that he has he is now like the legit ML like middle linebacker for an NFL team. Like before he was you could tell he he was like you said, cautious almost mm-hmm. of if I make this step too hard, I'm going to blow out my knee again. Or, yeah, it was like that or, first step, like he was kind of he was hesitant on that first step that kind of killed the rest of it. And now, yeah, now exactly. He's all of a sudden he's back to where he needs to be. He's he's explosive. He is trusting his body, and he's a he's a force, man. So that'll get us number four. And this was another another one we fought on, but I was high on this guy. 
been high on him since the draft. Roquan Smith of the Bears. Like I freaking hate that he's on the Bears. <laughs> This was my draft crush of two years ago. Like I wanted the Packers to trade up to get him. It's been a theme. I've kind of wanted the Packers to go get middle linebackers for a long time, <laughs> but they don't really care about what I think. But uh, I I see this dude as just a a baller of a player. Like he is going to continually grow. I know Dusty and Sarah has some saw some spots that he needs to improve, and that's definitely true. But I mean the pure talent that oozes out of this guy's body is just evident to everybody. <laughs> I would think I phrasing. Would think, uh, it sounded good to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Desi. <laughs> just kept going. You just kept <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, to sex this up and make it better than it actually is. It's middle linebacker, Dusty. What do you it's want good, me to do? It's actually a really good point, Steve. That is a really what do you want point. me to do? Most sensible thing you've said all day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had him on my list. I just had him lower, and and I think, and maybe part of that was um, I had watched. I'd watched some of him, and a lot of what I watched was kind of early in the season. As the season went on, I got busier, and I didn't get a chance to watch as much. Um, he did get better as the season went on. Uh, so having him here at for some reason, the Bears decided not to sign him right away. So he wasn't there for training camp. He wasn't. There. That's right. He wanted that language where like he yeah. wouldn't be out money if he. Like was what missed a game for our helmet to helmet or something? Was that was that what that held it out? Something stupid, but for some reason the Bears were like, nope, we're not going to sign that contract. Yeah, he had that. Yeah, he was. I think the maybe one of the last draft. Oh, he was the last. Was he the last one? Yeah, yeah. So he had that kind of slow start, and I think that's what I had in my mind. But kind of going back and watching him a little bit more, like he did, he closed out the season strong. Uh, So I'm curious to see what he does without Fangio. Um, but I think for Bears fans, that's that's very promising, and for Packers fans, it's not so promising that he kind of finished stronger. So I did have him lower, but after kind of going back, uh, I don't know. I, I think I still would have had Jalen Smith over him, uh, just just because I think there are some more uncertainties. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith in Chicago, not excited to face him, and also that, that tandem of him and Trevathan, um, I really I really don't like that because both those guys are guys that can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, so he's a guy that I mean I talked about uh, Warner maybe being a year too early on him. Uh, Roquan Smith could could blow up this year. So yeah, four sounds right. I I had him at four on my list as well, and um, you know I was thinking specifically the what we were tasked with looking up was the toughest opponents that the Packers are going to face at this position. And so when I was researching and looking up more highlights of him, when I looked up a few highlighted highlight videos of him, and it was like best plays of 2018, just kind of stuff like that, just to get a better look. And they were overwhelmingly from games against the Packers. And that was really concerning to me that so many of his highlights from his season were against the Packers. Obviously, there's going to be an ability to frustrate our offense there. And that was just really concerning to me. He finished really strong. He seemed to perform well against green Bay week one in Chicago. So that's like, that's just a little worrisome for me. And I think he really could pop off this year. He started in 14 games and he had 121 tackles in, well, let me get a stat line here. He had 121 tackles, five sacks, five passes, five passes defended and interception. Yeah. So just a little troublesome for me. He's definitely on the come up, I think. And 
not looking forward to having to see him twice a year. That's for sure. If I'm not mistaken, his first NFL snap was a, a sack on Rodgers as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he was in there as well for like the interception to Cleo Mack, and like it was just, yeah. it wasn't good. Not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. It's not great, Bob. <laughs> not great, Roquan. <laughs> Number three, we have Zach Brown, who has moved around. He is now with the Eagles, middle linebacker. Just, um, I mean, I feel like the best way to describe this dude, he, he's just he's just solid all the mm-hmm. way around. Just mm-hmm. nonstop, like he can tackle, he can cover. He's just somebody that you can trust in the middle of your defense. And I'm kind of happy they're only facing him once. Uh, yeah, he's not in the division because he's just a smart, smart dude. When it came out last year too, and I don't, I don't know exactly when it happened. He played the majority of the season with the torn oblique, uh, and he's still like it was maybe not his best season, but it was still like a very, very good season. <laughs> just a very, very good season for him. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Steve, it's it's what you want. I mean, we said it multiple times. Inside linebacker position is not sexy. You want a guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything and be solid doing it. You want to like. I mean, with, with every position, you want to iron out your inconsistencies. But with inside linebacker, you just you just need to be solid. You just need to be assignment sure. And you just need to know what you're doing and not let things like blow up behind you. And that's what he does year in year out. He's just he's exactly. Uh, I don't know how much we can say about him. He's solid. He's a very good linebacker, and he's just solid. He doesn't do I anything think, poorly, really. I don't think. Yeah, I think he the Redskins were a little dumb to let him go the way that they did. There was a lot of uh, they questionable. Have, they have Mason Foster. <laughs> Who? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just think that he's like Dusty was saying. He's just so consistent in there. He's so stable. That's always a person that you can rely on. He's quick to get off the line, and he also has a really unique ability to. He can get to receivers quickly, but he can also get to the running backs if he needs to. And that's, again, he's just not letting guys get past him. And that's just really – he's just a good football player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, as much as I joke, like, I, I think you're right there. They, they, I mean, if the Redskins would have thrown him and um, him and Mason Foster together, I mean, that's a, that's a duo I – I don't know. For me, that's something that, that would have been good to. <laughs> You're to, having such a hard time selling this, Steve. I don't no. even think you like Mason Foster that much. I no. I don't like any. Like, I'm sorry. Out of Luke Keekley, outside of Luke Keekley, I don't like any of them. They all suck. No, that's not true. That's not true. Take it back. I do. I do. No. I there. There's good ones. It's just middle linebackers are very difficult to discuss because no. they don't do anything fun to talk about they don't have the edge pressure percentages they don't have um you You don't really you don't get a whole lot of interceptions out of there no there's no there's not a lot of sacks out of there there's not there's not the sexy things to talk about it's just there's not a stat for covering covering a uh running back on a wheel route or or a tight end at the seam or something there's no stats for that no they just have the boring boring things that nobody likes to talk about (laughs) it's true yeah it's a hundred percent true so let's get to number two. <laughs> Excitement. Yes. We're almost uh, there. Leighton Vander Esch, a rookie for the Dallas Cowboys. But, man, this dude is – He's good. He's good. He is very good. And you pair him with 
Jalen Smith, you pair him with Sean Lee, and like, I think I know Dusty doesn't like tackle numbers, but I think no. I looked at it and he said, "What do you have? Like 140 tackles? Five, I think. Like between solo and combined, oh, yeah, like, combined. like 140 tackles. Smith had 121. Like it's insane for a rookie to come in and just make that kind of impact. That just says a lot about him. And I don't like the fact that the Packers have to face this trio of linebackers. Yeah, plus yeah. plus Demarcus Lawrence. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the he, what he he went in the first round, didn't he? Vander Esch. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. got he got clowned on. Like the Cowboys got clowned on a lot for taking him, and I don't, I don't, I don't love taking an inside linebacker in the first round. But he <laughs> he very quickly showed exactly why they did. Like the dude is just everywhere like in his rookie year like just above average everywhere just flies to the ball hits hard just seems like he knows where things are going and just flows there so quickly he's he's like just rookie year like he just as soon as he got in just jumped off just just jumped off the page at you he's he's uh it's hard to say a whole lot um about him because it's just gushing but holy crap like he's he's he was good as a rookie i i i I'm excited to see what he does um, for yeah. the other 15 yeah. games of the year. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be incredible. Absolutely, and I mean he's you touched on it a little bit, Dusty, but he's six four, two hundred fifty six pounds, but he's so he's so strong, but he's still so quick. Yeah. And that was something that kind of was unexpected the first time I watched it, or I watched it, I watched him. I was just so taken back. I was like, that guy's big, but he's also so fast. And to be able to do that and read the play and have the ability to make things happen is rare for a player at any level but the fact that he was a rookie and he was able to do that so early and just catch on to things so quickly was really impressive and like I'm honestly I'm excited to watch him like you said in all the other games but scared <laughs> for when they play the Packers that's for sure well from a linebacker position too like I don't I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't specifically know a whole lot about it but uh, I mean if you're looking at at the jump from college to the pros Inside linebacker is tough, man, because you're like you're playing the run and you're keying in on on blocking schemes. You're playing the pass and you're kind of keying in on that blocking scheme, and you're also like looking at the route stuff behind you. And it's it's I mean, edge rusher, you see those guys start, and a lot of times you you throw them out there maybe limited snaps first year, and they just just go get the quarterback. That's it, and then you teach them the other stuff as you go on. Like inside linebacker to succeed as an as an inside linebacker at a high level, your rookie year, that's a huge jump, and to just see him do that almost effortlessly is insane. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing mocks of the Packers taking Van Der Esch, and I didn't hate it. Like, it was something – I've said it before. Like, I, I feel like – You want inside linebacker so Broken bad, record, but I think the Packers need a high draft pick on an uh, inside linebacker. But, yeah, I, the dude's just a freak athlete, which is fun to see 15 games out of the year, not the 16th. I think that that's a good theme for us. Mm-hmm. And we will uh, end this list with number one, who is obvious to every single person that watches the NFL is Luke Keekley. The dude is just everything you want in a middle linebacker. He is smart. He can cover, he can blitz. He can, I mean, yeah. is there, is there a hole in his game that I don't see Dusty? And he is, I mean, the only issue, if you're going to bring up any issue with him. It's just he's had a lot of concussions. That's it. That's the only issue. He is elite at every single skill. Like everything you need 
of an inside linebacker. He gives you an, at an elite level and has been doing so for a long time. He's only still, he's 28 years old. He's been only seven years. He's 28 years old. And he's just, I mean, you want a guy that that's good against the run that can hold an edge that can follow someone down the field in coverage. You want a guy that can do anything you need out of the position. It's, it's Keekly. And I mean, you get, you know, a lot of these times you get these, these guys that are just their names and maybe they get, they get a little overblown just because of who they are. And maybe it's, maybe the game's passed them by a little and they're coasting on reputation. No, Keekly is still like, for as much as we just gushed about Vander Esch, who again, just a rookie. So he's got room to grow. Keekly is still far and away. Unquestioned the number one guy in this list by by a fairly wide margin. Yeah, Just, I mean, there's not enough good things you can say about him. It wasn't really close. No, no, no. It was that was an easy number one. I I had to do a lot of research on everyone else. I penned in Luke Keekley and then kind of like started yeah. going back in and doing research. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, no, Luke Keekley's still number one. Like, he's. Oh, I, uh, I was I fully legit, prepared to move him down if I needed to. It, that did not need to happen. I legit made a one to ten list, and I just put Keekly at number one, and then started working. Everything That's exactly else. what I did as well. But again, he backs it up. Like that thing is not. Oh, I'm not put. We're putting there based on name, and then you look at the stuff, and it's still. Oh no, he's still deserving that spot. Like mm-hmm. he's still just amazing. Now I know yeah. we wanted to talk a little honorable mention. Is there anybody on your that almost made your list you wanted to mention? I had two Chargers. I had uh, Thomas Davis and Denzel Perryman. We're both fine. They're both good. Thomas Davis, yeah, still good at his age at 36. And Perryman, I like. I don't know. They're inside linebackers, oh. and their honorable mentions inside linebackers. They're both good. They're both fine. I had I had Perryman. The only okay. the biggest knock on him is that he has never played a full season. Like I, if he if he legit had played two full seasons out of his four, I think I would have had him in the top ten. Yeah, but the fact that he is, I think he had 14 once, and then the rest of them were like nine and six and seven it's just, it, he's got the talent he just can't stay unfortunately can't stay healthy i do want to say it's a couple guys though so you got those two guys in the middle those are two of my two honorable mentions and then on the edge is you got uh bosa and ingram that's a solid linebacker mm-hmm. for the chargers mm-hmm. man for sure sarah do you have anybody in the honorable mention you want to mention no? um no one that i didn't mention all- anymore <laughs> No one that we didn't already talk about, so not really. I kind of just commented before on some that I was like, oh, he was right outside my list. But other than that, no. I did have Alec Ogletree uh, for the Giants. Oh, wait, no, I did have him. You're right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I for- Let it be known. So I gave you uh, – what's his face? I gave you Rope Fred on. Warner. And, uh, yeah, I think he- Fred Warner I put on there. And then I just forced Ogletree off of both of your lists. I made him yeah. honorable mention for both of you guys. <laughs> oh, and I had uh, Kendricks on honorable mention. That was I totally forgot. I think Duff, he was obviously. Uh, we were yeah. not allowed to have him on our. Yeah, list. I know. I bumped him off as well. So I think he, he obviously came in really hot, but then he's kind of like declined. Yeah. In the recent years, so he was kind of on the outside of my list, or he was on my list, but on the outside of I guess our overall list because of that. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. my thing. I always thought Kendricks was kind of more like based on name recognition at this point because he, he – I don't think he's been very good for the past couple seasons. But just me. Outside of busting up Aaron Rodgers. Outside of that, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. I think that that's a very, very solid list. So to recap, we've got number 10, Darren Lee. Number 9, Todd Davis. Mason Foster, Danny Trevathan, number six, Fred Warner, Jalen Smith, Roquan Smith, Zach Brown, Leighton Vanderish, and Luke Keekley as the top ten 
non-edge linebackers that the Packers will be facing this year. It's not a pretty sight. Like I, every time we go through these lists, I don't love what's going on with the Packers. Like they've got a they've got a tough schedule. They've they're going to be facing some great great talents, but uh, I mean it's kind of the way the NFL goes. It's, it it happens every single year. They're always going to face talented dudes. And... A lot of good players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. A lot of good players. Mm-hmm. So it is July. Technically July fourth now that uh, for this recording is coming out. I want to have a little fun with you guys before we get out. What is your favorite July fourth? Not meal, but food. It doesn't have to be snacks. It doesn't have to be. It can be whatever you want. But what is your like? It's July fourth. This is what I have to eat. Uh, every year we go over to my parents' house for the 4th of July and my mom makes uh, homemade Reuben sandwiches. Tremendous. And uh, homemade homemade ice cream as well. Vanilla uh, ice cream. No <laughs> vanilla because my mother loves me very, very much. Uh, she makes chocolate chocolate chip and uh, hey. usually strawberry, strawberry or raspberry. What's that? She makes the ice cream? She makes the ice cream. Makes Ooh. homemade ice cream. It's amazing. Does she have like it's, a slow turner thing? Uh, I think it's, it's mechanical at this okay. point because uh, no one... I don't know. That's a lot of work. I did slow turn uh, one time. A it's work. a lot of work. Yeah, I was, it's, be, uh, I was just going to be really impressed with your mom. I mean, she's impressive anyway. So just be impressed with her in general. Aww. But uh, I, I am, I am now going to be waiting on the invite to your house because come on Ruben, down, brother. Ruben's are my like favorite sandwich of all time. It listen, an incredible Ruben. She makes an incredible Ruben, and then beyond that, we got a sandwich place in town that on Thursdays serves the one of the best Rubens I've ever had in my entire life. They smoke it for like 13 hours, so it's just falling apart. Oh, it's incredible. But I'm going to be, I'm gonna be in Louisville in September, so we'll figure something out. We'll make this bring happen. it on down, brother. It's, mm-hmm. I'm like an hour, an hour and a half from Louisville, so just okay. bring it right on down, and we'll figure something out. Is there out. a gas station by your house? or No. No, no gas stations by my way, house. Way, way far away, huh? Way far, 45 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got, yeah, so Ruben and uh, Ruben and homemade ice cream. Okay. That's mine. Sarah? Um... So at Publix, shout out to all the Southeast listeners because that's who has Publix. They sell this really good buffalo chicken dip. And pretty much having that with any form of whether it's bread, potato chips, Tostitos chips is really good. You can eat it with anything, pretty much like hamburger, hot dog, barbecue, sandwich, whatever you're having. It works with. It's super good. And some people like it cold. I personally don't. I like to heat it up and I put it all over my plate dip anything I want in it, and it's fantastic. Sounds amazing. All right, so I do need to question you on one thing. Tostitos chips, really? Like, that's your go-to tortilla chip? Tostitos no. are good, dude. No, the tostitos no. are good, one. The scoops are the best ones. Hmm. But There's I like a typically... million better tortilla chips. Like what? Uh, I, I mean, I've got like three or four that I... I, I don't ever buy Tostitos because, I mean, it's just... I, mean, I like Tostitos. He called you basic, Sarah. He called mm-hmm. you basic to your face. I don't care. I'll be basic <laughs> and eat my Tostitos and buffalo chicken dip tomorrow <laughs> or today. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious. I mean, like some legit, good, authentic tortilla chips, I think, are way better than Tostitos. But, okay, cool. If you, if you want to be basic and just have Tostitos chips, that's cool. That's cool. For I me, feel- I – oh, okay, cool. I uh, one of my mom's friends makes a 
I think the best way to describe it is like an icebox cake almost, where the 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 base of it at the bottom is going to be like a crushed up Oreo cookie with some butter that you like, you know, kind of pound into the the crust, and then it's got some crushed up Oreos. It's got whipped cream. It's got caramel. It's got all this kind of good stuff. Like it's just like heaven on earth when you get that cake. And for like, it's all, she always comes over for July 4th and we always, you know, have a cookout and then you have that cake. And, Oh, I mean, it's, it's totally on brand for us as dusty told me beforehand, but (laughs) so many Oreos involved in this, but crushed up Oreos and the crumb and the crust and other, like, Oh, just a frozen Oreo delicious cake is outstanding. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's like the it sounds like the cake that like in the middle has like the crumble. It's like an ice cream cake with mm-hmm. the crumble. I think there might be yeah. an ice cream layer to it. Um, I haven't had it for a year or two, so I it, you know, but I think there is an ice cream level to it, and yeah, it's outstanding. Before we go, we do need to discuss something. Um, Sarah, would you like to tell us how you fell off a freaking boat? <sighs> I can't believe I forgot to discuss this last week. I forgot about yeah, that. That was amazing. I'm mad at myself. I've watched that like a hundred times. It's such a funny like. It's we'll, so good. Dusty and I will definitely retweet this tonight because we need more discussion about it. But Sarah all of a sudden just popped up in my mentions of like, oh, <sighs> like it's coming around the internet today of how I fell yes. off a boat. So how did you fall off a boat? This was four years ago now, I think three or four summers ago. Um, so there's, I live like right by the river, like maybe, maybe 10 minutes away. And the river is totally the move, or at least it used to be. Now it's like all polluted and gross. But that summer <laughs> was the river was the move because you could go out and there is this place where you could just rent a boat from. Um, you didn't have to like own a boat. You just had to like, pass a certification so a lot of like my friends parents and my parents included would just rent from this place and it was really great they provided like free maintenance on the boat because like you weren't taking care of it they off when you went for no extra price they would give you tubes or anything else that you wanted to take out on the river so it was it was way better than going to the beach you wouldn't get as hot and gross so that was like the thing that summer so i went with a group of friends Actually, this is a really great story. So (laughs) my like boyfriend that I dated in high school, that was the first time I ever met his dad. And we were not dating at the time. So it was like I was like very nervous because it was the first time I was like ever around someone in his family. And so I was like, great. okay." And so my friend that was taking the video was in the water and was supposed we were all going to like flip off the front. And there is a video of all of us, like, flipping off the front. Like, we were in high school, so we were like, oh, it's, let's make this really cool video of us all flipping off the front of the boat. Yeah, nobody cares about and that video, Sarah. Yeah, I don't care about so, seeing that one. So, yeah. So, there, the video where I actually make the jump is great, and it's out there somewhere. <laughs> but, of course, no one cares about that. Nope. So, I was standing on the edge, and one of my friends had, like, hooked my arm because that we were going to, like, just jump at first. Like, we were trying to figure out what to do. And then I was like, no, let's do this. And when I like said that, I like pulled my arm away, but her arm was still hooked <laughs> onto mine. So I got like off balance because she was way taller than me and I'm short. And then I just like slipped because the front of the boat was wet and I fell face first into the water. 
and of course like it was on video and everyone was laughing and so that summer it like on twitter everyone was like friendly like no one was being malicious about it but like True. making fun of me and we're like oh you fell off the boat and every year the same day it comes up like on time hop on we all have the time hop app <laughs> so no doubt every single year someone that was in my friend group in high school whether like i still talk to them now in college or not will repost the video or will like text back in the chat and be like oh my gosh you remember when sarah fell off the boat ha 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 ha, ha. and so I had woken up that morning and I was like eating breakfast and I'm looking at my phone and I checked my time hop and I see that that was on my time hop. And I was like, Oh gosh. So then I hadn't been on Twitter yet. And I go on Twitter and I was like, why do I have like five notifications? Like it's eight in the morning. Like I just woke up and literally someone had already quoted it and was like bringing this back on the timeline. And I'm just like, you bit oh. it. You bit it so hard. You bit so, it so uh, hard. It was so good. I, it was so yeah, good. I fell so hard. But, like, it didn't hurt. Like, people were like, did it hurt? And I was like, no, I just fell in the water. It's not like yeah. I was really high up. Like, I was on the edge just, of the boat. The best part was, like, you, it was, like, flailing. Like, you just, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. all limbs. Yeah. <laughs> I really tried to catch myself, and I was super embarrassed because it was, like, sure in front of, like, Because it was people. embarrassing. You looked like a fool. I looked yeah. like a fool. Yeah, Steve's So, right. that was, like... That was not good. I should have <laughs> taken that as a sign of how that relationship would end up going. But I, <laughs> I it's one it. of those because the video cuts off immediately. And if I didn't know you, I'd have been like, that girl's dead. No, you see <laughs> me she... pop out of the water. Oh, you I never watched that far. The... I just yeah, loop it the, back to the beginning. At the very end, my head pops out under the water and I yell, yeah, I Kim! It. Because Kim, my friend Kim was the one that was like holding on to me. So I was like, it's your fault that I fell because you like hooked my arm and then I <laughs> fell I watched it. yelled like, are you okay? <laughs> well, I, I, watched it, I watched it with no audio and would just skip it back to just keep oh. watching you fall. I never got, never made it to the end. Not a single time. I am honest to God, so shocked that no one, like my roommate, my current roommate, I'm friends with, and they, I was friends with in high school when that happened. And I am so shocked that they did not like meme me into some video where my body was like falling off of something. Like they just took that part and memed it. Sounds like I'm some so bad shocked. friends that they didn't do that. Some pretty bad friends. Almost like we are listening, some people that might be listening to this are on the <laughs> internet that may know how to do that. That's a good point, Stu. So we will definitely retweet this video. And if anybody can come with a great way to make Sarah look really dumb, we will, um, let's say, we will invite you onto the podcast. I will. We'll figure out a way to get them. On I would here. love that because I would love to talk to them about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we'll figure out. We'll make it work. Phone calls or whatever. If they can do a Google Hangout, we can do that too. But we will invite you on because I would love yeah. to talk to that person. For sure. So oh, that is sure. that is their homework assignment. Sarah has a homework assignment. Mm. Now that next time we talk, you should be done with school, right? Um, either that summer. day or the day after. So okay. it might, might be, be a couple of weeks, Steve. Uh, I keep pushing her for her homework assignment to watch Usual Suspects, but it's on to, my to-do list. I know you, sucks, have to, so. you have to let her do her studies first. So we're probably talking two weeks for that, right? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Fair. That should wrap it up for us. We. No, I've got one more no, thing. No, no. I, oh, come on, dude! You have no faith in me. I, I no didn't. You said you said it wrapped up. I don't. Yeah, we just yeah. talked about Sarah's thing. We don't want to bring uh-huh. us down. So I thought you were just going to blow right past it. No, of course not, Dusty. Believe. Literally no faith in me, whatever. No. 
I wanted to kind of wrap things up. We, we've talked uh, middle linebackers. We've talked stupid Bears fans and stupid Bears players, all this mm-hmm. dumb stuff they talk about. And Dusty wants to uh, bring a little Kentucky home and talk a little bit about there's a uh, passing of a former player, and he just kind of want to give his thoughts. So we're going to let him do that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us down after Sarah just gave us an awesome story about uh, falling off a boat and biting it in the water. Um, I'm gonna bring us down a little bit to uh, send you guys out on a really sad note on this Fourth of July. Um, so it was announced today, early this morning, July third, that Jared Lorenzen died. Um, Lorenzen was, of course, the starting quarterback at Kentucky uh, for four years. He started in uh, Mummy's first year or Mummy's last year. I'm sorry, they overlapped. And then did, you know, three years after that, kind of a rough, rough start to his career for sure. But uh, one of those guys, he gets, he got clowned on a lot because he's, he was a bigger dude. In fact, I remember, I think it was his second year, they released, uh, one of the posters they released here was Jerry Lorenzen walking with his offensive lineman, and you couldn't really tell who was who. Um, but he was, uh, you know, 38 years old, same age as me, and so that brings it home a little bit. Uh, but he was uh, just, I, I think, you know, he gets clowned on a lot. He, he won a Super Bowl uh, as a backup. I think he, Maybe completed two passes in his entire pro career, but a tremendously fun quarterback to watch at Kentucky. Again, he kind of overlapped Mummy for a year, and those teams. That was one of the first year Kentucky beat Florida this past year for the first time in like thirty some odd years. Uh, they almost beat them, I think, in Lorenzen's sophomore or junior year. Like the records weren't great, but he took them to a couple bowl games, and he always uh, he was always fun to watch. Uh, so I have I have fun memories of Lorenzen. I was living here when he was playing there, and uh, just I don't know. Just sad to see him go, for sure, especially for a guy that got clowned out as much as he did. But a tremendously fun quarterback to watch at Kentucky. If you get a chance, watch his uh, – there's YouTube clips floating around of highlights of him in Kentucky. Just tremendously fun quarterback uh, for a big dude. The, what's his nickname? The Hefty Lefty. Just a tremendous nickname as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, prayers up to Lorenzen's family. Uh, by all accounts, just a really good dude as well. Uh, but just a really fun guy to watch. So, um yeah, if you're thinking about it, just just get on YouTube and watch you some Lorenz and highlights, and and just think about how much fun he was in college. Yeah, pretty sad. I mean, he was 38 years old. right? 38. Yeah, yeah pretty cool. Yeah, it's just so so terrible. So, yeah, that, I mean, that does take, take us down a notch. I will it say, does. But, I yeah, apologize. It, no, I it, apologize. It is like, but that's part of the fun part of the fact the podcast is that you can just we we've got that ability to talk about. You know, you're you're from Kentucky. You're you're in Kentucky. That's something that was close to your heart, and is mm-hmm. got a couple of minutes to talk about it. And people can go and do some research and see it. Like his highlights are fun to watch. Like, you know, what? almost almost getting sacked by somebody and then chucking it to the running back and like tossing people off. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Wait, and I don't have the numbers did. pulled up in front of me too. But I mean, after the NFL, he went on to play Arena League. Was it the the River Monsters? Mm-hmm. I think was his Arena League team. And he did some fun things at the River Monsters yeah. as well. I mean, for for a big guy, I mean, he slowed down obviously as he got a little older. Um, but when he was at Kentucky, for a big guy, he moved remarkably well too, which makes those highlights a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. So that should uh, that should wrap it up for us. Happy July Fourth. We hope you guys are having. Uh, Having a lot of fun today. Be careful, please, please, please be careful <laughs> with fireworks. Um, that's just one of my. Uh, I, I don't even want to get into it. My my wife's from Indiana. They let their crazy ass like ten year olds light off fireworks in the middle of the street while everybody else is drunk. I just blows my mind. But please, please, please be careful with your fireworks. Have a lot of fun with your grill outs. Have a couple of uh, cocktails and talk some Packers. Please hit us up on Twitter. We've got uh, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Steve Perhatch, at Packaday Podcast. So that should, uh, you know, please let us know what you think of the list. And we will catch you guys next week. 
And then in two weeks, and it'll be a fun episode, we'll be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Yeah, I don't think Andy really thought that through either. It was not thought through at all. No, again, like we're getting getting the one-year anniversary. We're getting the opening night for the NFL season. We're getting all these things that I feel like Andy is just – smacking himself in the head. He's like, cosmic mistake. He's like, they're going to talk about Oreos. That's all they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not wrong, (laughs) (laughs) but it's been fun. We, we appreciate you guys listening every, every single day. Please make sure you like us all the time, Facebook, Twitter, everything like that. And, uh, we will catch you next week. And as always go pack, go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.